0: Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. This episode is a little different. As some of you may know, Clinical Athlete has joined forces with the Level Up initiative to put together a special educational experience, the Kalou Summit, taking place on September 18th through 20th, 2020. It goes without saying that the year of 2020 has required a lot of us to pivot. The summit was no exception. This podcast is all about what it means for the communities of clinical athlete and level up to join forces and pursue this mission together. We talk about the importance of a cohesive team, how to deal with hardships along the way, why it's important to keep an agile approach to planning, and why the Calu Summit is different. Yes, in this episode, you will get all the deets about the event itself, from the unique model that we've created to our amazing lineup of presenters and sponsors, but you'll also get a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to put something like this on and what it means to work within a mission-driven team. The conversation starts out really organically. We just started talking about what it means to be working together and how this thing started and didn't really decide to officially, quote unquote, start recording the podcast, and the conversation just blossomed from there. We purposely kept this part in the show because we thought it was an awesome representation of how this whole thing came together in the first place, just organic and real. So without further ado, we join the conversation between myself, Quinn Hennick, John Flagg and Jared Maynard of Clinical Athlete, and Steph Allen and Zach Gabor of the Level Up Initiative. We hope you enjoy
1: a special episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Special edition.
0: When did when did we start talking about this? The Kalu Summit?
2: Last oh, year in the summer. Oh, summertime. shit. Wasn't I it like fair, was...
3: dude?
0: One second.
4: It was... I don't know if I deleted the text thread with John, but... Um,
1: I was still knee-deep in the clinic at that point. Like, I, I don't think I'd even committed to, like, fully leaving the clinic yet. So it's so been... Before before last August, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
3: thought it was like late spring, early summer.
2: I remember the first video meeting that we had was shortly after we moved to this house. We moved to this house June twenty second. Um.
3: I mean, who gets
0: the credit? Whose idea was it?
4: (laughs) I I called John with the idea.
0: Okay. But
4: it, it was inspired after listening to a clinical athlete podcast.
0: Oh, okay.
4: Which and one? I was trying to remember who it was, but it was in, I'm looking at my text thread with John, um, but it was somewhere, it was somewhere in July, I believe of last year. So this is good. It's like a one year anniversary. So it's been a year, yeah.
0: yeah. And we've basically done two and um, hadn't, haven't yeah. done any. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think actually, I think I was listening. I don't know why, but I feel like I was listening to Mike Tusher <laughs> interview. Did you guys interview him on Clinical yeah. Athlete? Yeah, I think that might have been the one that I was listening to, <laughs> but I can't quite remember. I just, I just remember that was what gave me like the epiphany in the car where I like frantically texted John <laughs> to be like, "Yo, I have a
1: crazy idea." <laughs> yeah, that was it. because we, we had been talking about something else earlier in the day too. And you're like, it'd be super cool if like we did a, a seminar, like a, if, if there was a seminar, that's what it was. You're like, it'd be super cool if there was a seminar that like clinicians could go to to learn this shit. And you are like, hmm. Mm. Well, I was telling Steph too,
4: Quinn, like I remember even back to uh, when I first frantically called you two and a half years ago with the idea of level up. And I remember telling you about how, you know, I had always kind of envisioned level up being a compliment to a clinical athlete, you know, with you guys doing a fantastic job on the movement end of things and critical thinking and communication, but to have another sort of platform that's solely dedicated to a little bit more of kind of the communication side of things and a lot of like clinician introspection, um, that was sort of always the one of the goals was to be a good compliment. So this was kind of a cool way for that to uh, sort of happen where that was the case.
2: The soft skills, man. I like the theme of frantic phone calls in your part, Zach. A
3: lot of, lot of frantic.
2: Yeah. When you have a good
4: idea, you got to share it. Can I w- bet,
1: I will say, I remember the equal sense of urgency because if he didn't call me, I was in the process of finding his number and calling him. It was like, no, we have to talk about this right now. <laughs> well, I remember the call way back,
0: Zach, when when you first started Level Up. I remember where I was. And I remember thinking, well, this is a real fucking good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're right. Like, I'm looking at the topics of the summit and how we're kind of combining communication, exercise prescription. And that's kind of what we're, what these two entities Dude, it's like what you said, they're nice compliments of each other, which is cool. Yeah, I remember too. I was
4: in our kitchen in uh Southie, in South Boston in my old apartment, walking around, just doing circles in the basement. Pulling out <laughs> some hair. So we should save this for the conversation.
0: Yeah, we should. Definitely should. Well, we started this thing in Boston, or at least that was the plan. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people asked us why the Northeast and why Boston. I think, well, one, you guys had such a, you have such a deep rooting there. And the Northeast, it just seems, it seems pretty live out there. Like you guys are woke.
4: <laughs> well, it's, it's also just, it, it, it's super dense, like, yeah. California is massive.
3: Well, and there's just, there's a lot of academic institutions here. There's a lot of
4: right. It's very uh,
3: fairly well-known PTs and coaches, some we won't name, but um, it just, yeah, there seems to be a little bit of like a, a hot spot and that's, okay.
0: When, uh, we put this so like, okay, that call was in July. I want to say I remember contacting the presenters in September. Contacting some of them in September. So from July to September is when we put enough together to actually tell people about it. That's pretty fast. Time. <laughs> yeah, that's like I mean two months, and we had a, we had an in person summit. Is
3: a
1: sprint?
0: Yeah.
3: I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, it was a hustle. Well, but we also knew we had given ourselves the year
4: to prepare for it, though. So, like, we knew we had the idea in July and we were giving ourselves a full year and change, knowing that it was obviously a beast of a project to take on. And I was telling Steph, like, this past year has been one of the most... um, Remember in PT school where you do that, like, one business elective where you, like, I don't know if you guys did it, but you have to, like, build out a clinic and or like your hypothetical business but it was like i don't know i wasn't really that into it like this year was like the ultimate practical experience of like putting together all of this knowledge to build something like this and it couldn't and it couldn't be possible without a team and i think oh, that no. was i think that was also part of what inspired really wanted to collaborate with you guys at clinical athlete was because it to have a bigger effect and to affect more change you really need to do it with a team And um, the resources we were able to pull together and, like, just the whole atmosphere of it made it way more feasible than, you know, trying to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we were toying around with the idea of, like, a level-up summit or something like that. But I think...
3: Something in person, but it just didn't necessarily seem realistic or, to be transparent, like something that we felt capable or that we wanted to take on ourselves, (laughs) to be honest.
1: Well, it's so funny, too, because, like, I had forgotten that Quinn had done the the first clinical athlete sympo- symposium. What was it? We called it a summit. We called it a performance the, summit in, in Nashville. And having that 16. feedback, like, immediately, like, no, uh, wait, wait shit. <laughs> we need to, wait, we tried that. <laughs> we, we tried that before. And, eh. So it, it all came together so well to have that feedback that you guys have already had experience and you know we were we were all trying to make this big goal happen. And to to have it flow so freely was really inspiring.
2: Well I I think think, Zach oh so sorry Jared. Just to say I think one of the the really cool things for me looking at how our team collectively has performed from the inception of this of this summit till now is that we've really covered each other's weaknesses and played to each other's strengths from you know dividing up tasks according to who's proficient and also who who likes doing certain things um, that's i think allowed us to to make the progress that we have in the time span that we have and also to mitigate some of the almost inevitable burnout and we've gone through ups and downs obviously we've had periods of of sprinting and periods of sort of coasting a little bit but I'd be willing to bet quite a bit that we're, we got further faster because we worked cohesively than we could have done any other way.
0: Yeah, I think the team, just based on that experience that we did it was just me and Derek building that that summit, and the, a team just makes such a world of difference. Um, you know, there's always the the problems of like too many cooks in the kitchen, as they say but like when everybody has kind of delineated roles and, but then we can cross over and help each other at the same time. And we're all also okay with having the next two weeks mapped out and perhaps not the next three or four, but having a general sense of what direction we want to go, like keeping it agile that way. It's huge.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, not for nothing, but I think it's also a good sort of representation of what we sort of stand for, well, you know, as, as individual platforms and as individuals just advocating for more collaboration anyway, because mm-hmm. I just think that it's easy to kind of get bogged down into feeling like, okay, like, this is our thing. We need to make this, you know, for us so that we can, you know, reap all the benefits. But, you know, like, even when we started Level Up, we brought on Frank and Cedric as partners for a pretty big percentage of our, you know, <laughs> very small equity, but, it was more about the principle of knowing that bringing on the right team, it, it, we knew so deep in our heart that it would allow us to make a bigger impact by bringing on the right people. And I think this is a very similar thing where could we have done it on our own? Sure. But I think that pooling our resources and motivation and different skill sets, it's going to allow us to make such a bigger change. And you see that. I mean, it's been so cool to see the feedback of people's interest in this event Um, And really just bringing people together like that's one of the big missions of this event is getting people together to feel inspired to keep, you know, moving forward and and constructively fighting for change.
1: People are hungry for it right now. You know, that's the one thing that I found in both communities, uh, being a mentor and, and being part of clinical athlete is especially a lot of the students coming out. They're hungry for something different. They're, they're, they don't want to go to a continuing education course where they're bored, where they don't connect with the people that are talking to them, who don't admit that this stuff's not easy. You know, I, I I got disillusioned with that. Like, I would go to all these, especially right when I first got out of school, I'd go to all these conferences and continuing ed stuff, and everybody made it out to be, like, the super exciting, easy rush of a field, and then you actually get into it, and it's like uh, – a great example. We had a, a girl, girl. She's a basketball player, and she re-tore her ACL doing a hop test in clinic. Fuck. That's my fucking Six. nightmare. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have seen our faces in the clinic. We were all just like, <gasps> oh. and like, how do you how do you deal with that as a clinician? Like that that could that could literally happen at any any time. And our response in the clinic was just to get rid of hop tests period, ever. Like, oh, we're not doing those ever again. And you go to these courses and it's it's made out to be easy. And then as you get older, or if you're presented with it earlier through organizations like ours, you sit there and you go, well, there's a lot we don't know. And people are hungry to be informed on, on how we deal with those things and how our population can actually solve those problems if there is even a solution, honestly. Um, but but they're hungry for those kinds of experiences, and to see the feedback has just been really motivating to keep pushing forward.
3: We were even at, at one point even contemplating or wrestling with calling it continuing ed, because <laughs> it's like not – we don't necessarily want it to be um, labeled or automatically feeling like it's going to be in a mold like that because – you know, it's still an educational summit, but our plans are for it to be something so different in such a better way um, that we didn't want to kind of take away from that. But I do think that the people that know, clinical athletes, people that know, level up and are a part of both um, and are going to learn who we are in the process until the summit comes, they're going to know, obviously, that it's not necessarily going to be Uh, a place where you go and you're spoken at and you're given stuff to write down and you're given paper materials and like you said John like these are the solutions you just got to do this and progress somebody this way and um, you know this method is the is the way to do it Um, we're gonna have some of the conversations that suck to have (laughs) or you so that when that happens something like that happens then you're able to look at it critically and and sort of bounce back and learn from it instead of being like, okay, we'll just won't do hop tests. That was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> well,
0: con ed is kind of a, almost a misnomer. It's like, yeah, no, you only continue it, your education when you go to this conference on the weekend <laughs> and the clinic is just work. Well, I think the way that we've set this up is now con ed is, is literally every moment that you're trying to master your craft, which is in the clinic or, if it's with us or, or whatever, and, and this is just a, an experience to help augment that process, um, I guess to pull it back a little bit. If people are like really in tune with what we're doing with this whole thing, they're they're probably like, yeah, yeah, I like learning about the background. But if somebody's listening to this and they have no idea what the hell we're even talking about, kind of pull it back to the beginning. Is clinical athlete and level up have partnered to put on uh, an event, and it was an event. That was originally scheduled to be in Boston, and, and we'll get to the changes that occurred. Uh, you can probably guess what those were, but you know our our tagline is evidence informed, community driven, coming together, changing the game. And I don't remember how long it took us to come up with that, but it was really important that we come came up with some a, a mission statement. <laughs> uh,
1: hours, yeah, it took hours for us to come up with that. <laughs>
0: Well, it should, right? Because that's, yeah. kind of, that's the mission. And that's, that's the, yeah. Um, but when you hear it,
4: it's like, I get hyped up just hearing that. It's a mission statement I'm really proud of because it's super clear about exactly what the intention is behind
0: this. Yeah, totally. So, so then now you kind of have context when Zach came to John with the idea and then and they came to the rest of the team in July of last year. And then by September-ish, we had a, a rough framework of what we wanted this to be and it was it's pretty cool the layout that we had decided on and it's it's similar now so we can kind of talk about how it started which these two pillars of exercise prescription and communication which exercise prescription is kind of that that thing that we do as rehab professionals but communication is is just laced and embedded within that right and you you can't separate those two things and so it just made so much sense to cover them that's funny. I say you can't separate them, but yet we are making sure that we distinctly say that, you know, we have communication and we have exercise prescription. But I think it's important to do that because if you go to a, another course and you're learning exercise, the communication piece is almost just assumed that you're going to be good at that and you're going to be able to relay your ideas. And this is a little different. Or vice versa.
1: There's... there's- yeah entire course you go on Medbridge, there's entire courses on just how to talk about some of this stuff. The key is is how do you actually marry those two and no longer make them the dichotomy that we've tried to make them? How how do you actually blend that together? Example of of the the girl retor ACL, how do you go and approach that situation? That that that's an important skill set to have and to understand how to move her forward from an exercise prescription standpoint, but also how to talk during that, that moment. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to to blend those two and no longer make them the dichotomy that they are by putting them together and marrying them in a weekend. Like, especially with the, the subjects that we have, the topics. Well, and I think too, there's a big
4: misconception about communication being this very like, quote unquote, pain science centric thing that you do. Like when people think about communication skills, they think about just like pain neuroscience, educating people. And I'm really excited, you know, and I think something that you guys do really well with clinical athlete is even with having a phenomenal understanding of exercise prescription, how are you communicating about those narratives to the individuals you're working with your your plan of care? You know, how are you so much so much exercise is so very kind of like mechanically driven that it's easy to talk about it in very sort of um, rigid and pseudo nocebic type of terms. And so you know, like you were saying, Quinn, I think the cool thing about this summit is that, yes, there are two distinct categories, but they're both embedded within each of the kind of, you know categories, if you will. So the EXRx session, has communication and critical thinking embedded within it. The communication section has the EXRX and critical thinking embedded in it. And yes, the communication side is going to delve a little bit more into some of the psychosocial considerations, but that's also going to be in the EXRX side as well. So they're distinctive with maybe a little bit more of an emphasis on one versus the other, but they're very kind of entwined in in both. And I think that's going to be really powerful and I think speaks to a lot of what we're both trying to do pushing things forward is just see how these things really do need to be thought of together
0: so then it was i don't remember which came first kind of the piece that we wanted to do it that way with those two pillars that you know that dynamic coupling of those two pillars and then the actual topics that we're going to be talking about because i do remember thinking like well how like like exercise prescription communication obviously those are huge topics (laughs) you know, and then it was like, do we just broadly talk about those things for an entire weekend? Or or is it, would it make sense to put it into context? And um, I know we're all kind of big on bringing it back to the clinical setting, like actionable items, like bring context to these types of, of concepts. And so it made sense to just try to bring it home with three common things that we see in the clinic. And so that's what we did. And so it's going to be ACL reconstruction, uh, tendinopathy, and low back pain. So we've got presenters tackling the communication and exercise prescription piece of those three common uh, presentations. But obviously the principles will transfer. It could be across the board, you know, for a lot of the stuff you're going to see in the clinic. But I think that plan to kind of really pin down three common things that you're going to see in the clinic with those uh, sometimes very general terms that you can get lost, and some a lot of the nuance is right. was really important.
4: Yeah, and I think um, like kudos to to Greg Lehman because he's someone that talks about this a lot. But like tendinopathy is a great analog for rehab in general. So even though there are three kind of quote unquote specific topics, I mean, low back pain is we all know the numbers and the prevalence of that. It's crazy, so that's super common. But you know, these things all have. Good carryover into your general clinical care, and so you know it's uh it'll have a lot of relevance beyond those three as well because of just the the thinking around them.
3: Well, I think the way we have it set up too. Are we are we allowed to talk a little bit about the actual structure of like not in the way we have it set up with the two speakers is the. The presenter, they're in pairs, the presenter talking a little bit more about the quote-unquote communication side um, is going to go first. And in that process, going to announce and introduce to case studies. So we talk about ways that you can actually um, quote-unquote make it stick for people a little bit better. So yes, we're, we're doing this a little differently, but there's still going to be some information Um, in a presented form, although a lot of it will be lab, but the nice thing is then, you know, you have these two presented case studies already for when the presenter who's gonna jump over to EXRX, now you're gonna revisit those case studies and think about the same considerations from the EXRX side of things and how both simultaneously are gonna be things that will, if you were one PT or, or one therapist or coach, Um, managing this person that you would now have both of these things, among other things probably too, but both of these aspects that these two presenters just went through with you with these said case studies, all of those things are going to now be in in your head. So I think the way it's it's actually set up is really conducive to learning, especially for people who aren't necessarily, um, myself included, aren't necessarily the best at just sort of being spoken at or just reading something and trying to absorb it that way.
0: You talked about the importance of having a good team in place to put something like this together. But like, how important was it for us to find a team of presenters mm. that were down for for this type of thing? You know, because it's there's a little bit more work that goes into this, uh, this type of feel when mm-hmm. you're then kind of collaborating with your counterpart, you know, and you want to make sure that you guys are complementary pairs not contradicting each other, but also not just regurgitating each other at the same time. It's like what Zach was saying. It's that sliding scale from communication and, and EXRX.
3: And not fully separate from each right, other. Right, like, You know, yes.
0: You guys want to go into some of our uh, badass spe- presenters?
4: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yes. Do it. I mean, it was really... Uh, so, first off, so this... When we planned all this, this was with the um, understanding that it was going to be in Boston. And first time doing this, you know, we a couple of our considerations were, okay, well, we know we have an insane pool of speakers to pull from the level up in clinical athlete community. So we understood there was a lot of great speakers. And I think the other constraint we were thinking about was the plan was we're going to do Boston this year, and then we're going to do West Coast the next year. And so...
3: Presenters for this.
4: Trying to work within our, our um, projected operational budget, so to speak, doing a first-time conference, we wanted to try and keep the speakers as local-ish geographically to help with, you know, because flying three speakers across the country, um, it, it adds up pretty quick. And so we figured, okay, well, next year it's in California, so we'll tap into our West Coast speakers um, and Midwest for that. Um, so that kind of pointed us in that first direction, and then that sort of uh, set the stage. I mean, when you think of when you think of low back pain, I mean, who's like one of the first people that come to mind? You know, Michael Ray and <laughs> and Barbell Medicine are psychopaths about getting out great information in there way. in the best way possible. I consider you know, myself a psychopath in that sense. It's this is a compliment, yeah, but you know, so yourself. even <laughs> like starting there, like having you know. Michael Ray to do something that he's so passionate about was like a no brainer. And it's also great too because he works with Barbell Medicine and it's another company that is has a great mission and is another way to just unify, you know, groups of people that are trying to accomplish similar things, which is really make an impact and elevate the standards of our profession.
1: Well, and then Eric is doing the same thing. Cause where is where is Eric at? Please remind me the university hey, he's going to be at.
4: Yeah, he's in Connecticut, but he teaches at Quinnipiac
1: University. Quinnipiac, there we go. I always slay that. I always say quit, quit a, Quinnipic or something crazy. <laughs> anyway.
3: Did pass us on the wrong syllable, John.
1: Yeah, that's terrible. Um, but, you know, he started an elective course on strength conditioning there, and it, he's a front runner in trying to get our profession to better understand our professions to better understand the importance of understanding strength and conditioning principles and how they relate to clinical practice. So you have two heavy hitters here that are going to, especially with low back pain, which is prevalent everywhere, to to really hammer home some some very important topics that not only is it one of those things that everybody kind of sees the need for, but they've also taken, taken the torch and started to to take that upon themselves in their own local areas um, as well, which is is also super, super cool to see them, them take that.
2: Talk about Um, heavy hitters. When I think about ACL, I think about the one and only miss Steph Allen and Wesley. Truly when ACL comes up, Steph and Wesley are the two people that come to mind. If I've, if, there's a question that I can't answer. They're the two people I'm going to be going to. So to have them on the roster and to have Steph as part of the team helping to direct this whole thing has been awesome.
3: It's also funny because Wes and I speak regularly. So when we entertained the idea of of me being one of the speakers, obviously helping um, being a female speaker too, which is never bad. Um, but it was funny because Wes and I have spoken in the past about... You know, if we were to ever do a continuing ed thing or some sort of course, we would really want to make it something that's actually practical because when you talk about how much research is out there on anything regarding the ACL, there's a crap ton, but there's not a ton, there's, it's hard to take all that's out there as a clinician and actually translate that into what does it look like? All the way down to within a session what does that look like phase wise for the person how do i help decide choose the right graft what is what is return to sport phase even mean um and these are all things that initially made me go down the deep dive and now it's pretty much what i do in any free time um but but that part even for clinicians who aren't new grads is still uh, hard it's really difficult so it's as not super comfortable as I am speaking. That's another good thing for myself, but also it makes me really excited to be a part of it from that angle, because I, I've talked to enough people um, who aren't students and new grads to know that this is an area that still seems to be pretty elusive for people. So I'm really excited.
0: Yes.
1: Go ahead, Zach.
4: Oh, I was just going to say I'm a little biased because I work on the same shift as Steph and the majority of her caseload is post-op ACL rehab. And, um, it's just been pretty incredible to see her growth in the area over the past couple of years, but just, you know, and one, this is one of the key themes is just the, the humility, right? Cause we're not trying to bring on these speakers that are gurus that have all the answers, but you know, me and Steph the other night getting into a 30 minute back and forth about a uh, difficult, um, a difficult presentation right now that I'm working through, uh, with a, with a young athlete. And, you know, it's just, uh, that's why I'm so excited for this conference too, is cause it's just, or the summit rather is like, it's just having this, having the breakouts to really be able to hash out and think critically about what you're actually doing. Cause you can read the research till you're blue in the face, but you know, how are you navigating the certain individual context? And, um, yeah, so we definitely, between Steph and and Wes, I think that's gonna, and I and I listen in on their meetings too, behind the scenes, just nerding out about stuff and the dynamic between the two of them. Um,
3: well, if we're keeping that theme of uh, psychosis, uh, Wes and I probably are a little bit uh, right. Uh, psychotic <laughs> when it comes to ACLs. In the best well, way. I yes. just,
1: I gotta say, I don't, I, I've never told anybody this, but when Steph came on the clinical athlete podcast is before I was actually invited on to my first episode and and my entire career shifted. And at the time I had four athletes that were post-op ACL that were past the six month mark. So they were all making return to, to sport decisions. And I'll never forget. That was the very first podcast I took notes and listened to repeatedly because there were so many gems on just little things to say and she can tell you the list of messages like that's when that's when Steph and I actually started talking to each other because I had heard a level up and all that stuff but I was like oh my gosh this is also applicable (laughs) at the same time I was stealing Stealing exercises from Wes and another presenter, Jared Boyd. So for me, this is almost like full circle. Like these are two people that when it came to ACLR stuff, were a huge impact on my clinical practice. And now like I, I, I get to like, organize a conference with these people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's, uh, it's surreal. It really is because they are two people that when it came to actionable stuff, it was immediately like, okay, you can do these things. Do them now. And you can implement. That's incredibly important from an education standpoint because it's practical stuff. It's stuff you can just grab, take, and run with now. And that's – it was huge. And it's just it, – to me, it's always surreal. Like I – shit. I, with, I've i been a fan of Quinn's for like <laughs> dark side strength basement days.
2: yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah,
0: those are the OG days.
1: OG days.
0: (laughs) Third year PT school for
1: me. Oh, man. Nice.
0: I was was wearing my dark side shirt yesterday, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it back. Um, You mentioned Jared Boyd, so that's that's maybe a good segue. By the way, Wes has a... Am I wrong about this, but Wes has an interesting background because when he started with Healthy Baller, which we'll get into our awesome sponsors here a bit too, but like he came in pretty clean slate as far as, uh, as far as experience with ACL and like over the last three years, I've just kind of watched his growth. It's been, it's been crazy. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. Well, even on cool. the, and you know, he would, he would be very willing to share this as well because it was something that we talked about more than once as humility as a clinician, because he and I both prior to like maybe three or four years ago, didn't have a ton of experience with strength and conditioning in general. Um, I played basketball all year round most of my life. So did he. Um, And when we began PT school, didn't have a ton of personal experience. So we both just began to shadow strength coaches um, and be coached and start coaching people a little bit. And that was literally how the... The interest increased, but then also now our interest is obviously a little bit more skewed towards okay, what type of programming, what types of exercise, what types of focus within the programming um, is most appropriate for these athletes who are post-op ACL and um, or like any individual um, trying to get back to something that's more than just running and lifting because that's you know that's special consideration type population. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I connected with Wes early on is cause like, he was like, I didn't really know. He's like, I didn't have a ton of experience with a bar or anything. He's like, I, I went and I, I asked and I shadowed and I, and I tried and I screwed up and, <laughs> and, and that's how you learn. So that was, uh, another aspect that was really cool that we connected on.
4: Well, just quick. It's, it is, this is also cool cause it is really a big full circle moment, but I think it also speaks to. I mean, you look at people like Wes and then people like Steph and you ask like, who are their big mentors? And it's like on Steph's end, I know from my side, just peering in people like Derek Miles and John Hodges, who are OGs of the clinical athlete community. And in essence, almost like the godfathers, right? They've had a big, they've had a big part and have influenced so many people. And I know Teddy has been such a huge mentor for Wes. And so not only having Teddy as a sponsor, but Teddy's been involved with clinical athlete and, and level up since the jump. And uh, it's just really cool to see it all kind of coming together. But, uh, you know, just the collective, when people care about each other and invest in each other and people are passionate about getting better at their craft, this is the outcome of that. And that's, and that's, what's pretty damn cool about paying it forward and really trying to invest in the next generation. Cause you see, you see the outcome of it. like, I look at Steph and Wes as like examples of what happens when you combine passion for mastering your craft with phenomenal mentorship. And like, if that's a, if that's a picture of what our profession can be like, like we're in, we're in good hands. You know what I mean? Just with the amount of passionate individuals that are coming to this event and just in general involved in clinical athlete and level up, it's super, super inspiring.
0: So we've got Eric Lagoy and. Michael Ray crushing low back pain and we've got Steph and Wes going to crush ACL rehab and then tendinopathy is the other is the other piece that we're, that we're going to you know kind of combine the communication EXRX side of things and we've got another all-star tag team there and you guys uh Steph and Zach have known Jared Boyd longer than I have I have communicated with him briefly, you know, via, via the uh, social medias and, and those things have always really, really impressed with his just thoughtfulness. And we finally had him on the clinical athlete podcast and, and he did a webinar for us as did Steph. And he's yeah. awesome. Um, really, really awesome guy. I know Jason a little bit better, but a lot better, but that, that tag team is, is really, really special.
4: Yeah. I remember Jared. And again, like, cause it's just so funny cause this really is like the culmination of just authentic networking and building relationships. And I remember first connecting with uh, Jared back in like 2015, when we were like, quote unquote, starting off on the gram. And I, you know, I was always just super, uh, you know, impressed by how much he cared about the narratives along with the exercises he was giving. And we always kind of bonded over that. And uh, I think Jared is an example of one of those people that, Is so damn sharp on like all ends of rehab. Like, I think you get some people who I feel like you know might get pinned as like, oh, like they're just a pain science person, and like their communication skills are great, but they don't, but they don't know the biomechanical side and like all that. And J Boyd is just like,
3: well, it's almost like another level. Really, (laughs) and I think that you touched on it too. When I think that first, one of the first things I ever. Really felt and um, recognized about Jared was his in. He just takes the thoughtfulness to another level. Like he'll, he, uh, introspection and thinking ahead and taking a look at the bigger picture. Like Jared Boyd is the example of that in and everything he does. And John, you you talk about taking notes. I had a couple of phone calls early on with Jared Boyd, and I still have it in my Google Doc. It's,
4: I remember you it's taking notes. Literally
3: three <laughs> pages wrong, and I'm telling you, the conversation was less than thirty minutes. <laughs> and oh, wow. it was mostly about. I was picking his. I'll never forget. I was picking his brain about um, integrating in some things about sprinting for some of my athletes post op ACL, and I had never really thought about. Um, I hadn't had experience with or thought about coaching it. And I'm like, but I know that makes a difference, especially for, you know, not getting into the weeds of it. But I got off that phone call and I looked at Zach and I was like, holy shit.
4: (laughs) I remember listening in and being like, holy shit.
3: (laughs) And it was so, so helpful. And a little template that I made from that for a couple of athletes, I still have it. Like I tweak it for, um, you know, different people based on their, training age with it, their sport, you know, how quote unquote experienced they are with something like sprinting. Um, If they're not a track athlete, they may never have really been thought about like training sprinting. Um, And again, it's only a piece, but I, I still have all that and I still use it. And it was, you know, that was basically my, my intro to, you know, spinning back and forth with Jared Boyd and I'm, I am changed (laughs) for it.
4: (laughs) And just super last thing I'll say is just super humble. Yeah. And I think that's a theme with everyone that we're bringing in and everyone in our organizations, because that's, you know, a big part of our values is that humility. So being super sharp, but also having that willingness to be open to being wrong, you know, I just respect that so dang
0: much. Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. We hope you're enjoying our awesome conversation with the Level Up crew about how we came together to create the Kalu Summit that's coming up on September 18th through 20th. This is just a little stretch break. One of the driving forces in creating the Calu Summit was the simple fact that clinical practice is hard and conflicting information can leave you feeling lost. With the endless amount of research and dogmas, clinicians may feel frustrated and confused about how to help their patients. The Calu Summit is your solution to help you gain confidence and clarity with key rehab principles, including exercise prescription, pain science, and communication. We're centering these concepts around three common clinical cases that you may encounter, ACL reconstruction, low back pain, and tendinopathy. Gain confidence in your clinical practice and find your path to success and hang out with a bunch of badass providers from our communities who share our Calu mission, which is evidence-informed, community-driven, coming together, changing the game. For more information on the summit, head over to the link in the show notes, Hope to see you there. And now back to the show. So Jason and Jared are tag team in tendinopathy. And I met Jason through Clinical Athlete. And um, he was on one of our first podcasts ever. I think the third one. And that's still one of the most popular shows that we've ever had. And it was tendinopathy. Came for the the tendinopathy, stayed for the donut. (laughs) Yeah. And and then he did a a webinar for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Great episode. Great episode. You were. Uh, and then Jason came or he did a webinar for us and that's still like in the forum, people still are like commenting on that webinar, like watching it now, like new members, like it's still always top of the line. And uh, he's one of the most thorough people to, for when, when it comes time to to do content, I don't know anybody who puts more time into understanding the body of the topic and, and all the ends and, cleans up all the loose ends. And if there's not a, if the loose end is, is loose then he'll tell you. And um, I, I think that him and Jared are extremely good compliments. Like that's going to be really, really exciting to watch those two work yeah. together. Yeah. A lot of our, so we've got, we've got also our group of presenters and we've also got, we wouldn't have been able to do this without our awesome group of sponsors which we've mentioned yeah, quite a few of them already. Um, gosh, I mean, I'm so many good ones. We've got oh so Jared. It's just funny. I'm, so I'm going to the list. So we've got rehab to perform out there in, in Maryland and, um, Josh Funk and, and the crew out there doing amazing things. Um, Jared was with them for a long time. He had great opportunities and and but he still does he was with, he did their uh, summit recently and yeah. yeah, so he's a part of their lecturing staff
4: for the R2P mm-hmm. Academy, which is another sponsor for us and
0: branch
3: yeah, of R2P, yes.
4: I mean, it's like, you know, you talk about sponsors aligning with what we're doing, and you know, all of them really check this box of what are they doing to meaningfully take action to impact the industry and lead by example. And Rehab to Perform is like setting the tone for rewriting what it's like to be a quality-driven insurance model that's able to affect large-scale change. So I've talked to Josh about this. like, And we're, we work in the insurance model and it obviously gets a bad rap, but one of the huge pros is it does allow you to really make a bigger impact in your community you know, for folks that can't afford high-end self-pay rates and cash pay. And so I, I really respect that. He's just, he's in the community leading by example. And just the, the, the example they're setting with rehab to perform as a team is just, uh, it's, it's insane. It's
0: insane. Yeah. When you said that we are also insurance-based and you're referring to Boston physical therapy and wellness, are you not? Right. Yes. Who is another sponsor of the Kelly <laughs> <shout> Zone.
4: <laughs> yeah, so our boss, Dave, um, you know, another person who I think... We wouldn't be... We wouldn't be here without him. And I think someone who is definitely visionary, you know, starting what he did back in 2015 with Boston PT and really creating a haven for, for putting into practice what groups like Clinical Athlete and Level Up are talking about. And seeing what that actually looks like to have an insurance model that doesn't just prey on using manual therapy as a way to get people in and bill, but really using exercise, education, and empowerment as the tenets of your clinical practice. He had
3: a strength coach from the day that he started, from the day that he right. opened the clinic, and who also is the reason both of us are here.
4: Shout out Matt, <laughs> Matt Ibrahim.
3: Maddie. Um But yeah, he was. he was... Thinking way ahead um, yeah. from the beginning, and it's a place where all of all of the people that have come on since, you know, we have eight full time PTs right now, and
4: get to work with Mike Amato. <laughs> I mean, we have we have a nice little squad yeah. that we get to work with day in and day out, and uh, it's thanks to people like Dave and making you know blueprints for what that looks like for other folks that want to create these really impactful insurance driven models. I-, I do believe can be really effective.
3: It's possible.
0: I was on the phone with Dave and Matt in summer of 2015 talking about because we launched clinical athlete like a month later, but Dave is one of the first people that I talked to about it. Mm -hmm. I remember that.
3: He was an OG's uh clinical athlete provider.
0: And it's just to watch the to watch what he's built with you guys and and the entire team it's pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah it's a no-brainer for us. Well we said too um, with with Barbell Medicine, Michael Ray being a part of Barbell Medicine, Barbell Medicine is also a sponsor of the Calu Summit, which seemed like a no brainer to us as well. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, I think they kind of embody all of our values as well. We talk about exercise prescription and and communication being embedded within that. Um, but also not being dogmatic about exercise prescription either. And I think that group, when it comes to kind of the nuance of these topics, is there a
2: kind of top-notch reference there? I'm just glad you said the word nuance and barbell medicine in more or less the same (laughs) sentence because that seemed like a necessity to me. Yeah,
4: it was (laughs) Quinn's implicit bias. But yeah, no, I mean can't really say enough good things. I mean, when I, whenever I guest lecture and I'm giving out places to follow and people to follow, I mean, clinical athlete and barbell medicine are two of the groups that come top of mind. And really, I mean, Derek, Derek and Mike, especially together have really shaped a lot of my clinical practice in a sense that there's no way like they're like the aspirations, like in terms of like setting the standard where I don't know that I'll get there, but just constantly, you know, that's what we joke around about in clinic is like, all right, what would Derek say if he saw this (laughs) or heard this narrative and like being critical about yourself, but having mentorship like that. And, uh, they are just, when I think of big time influencers in our profession in the most meaningful way, I mean, those guys crush it. And, um, you know, what they do at Barbell Medicine is huge. So to have their support, uh, you know, all of these things too is like, you think about sponsors and I think for us, it's just like having the support of these groups who are such like important figures and moving things forward is just so beyond meaningful um, to know that we have their support um, pushing this forward. And I think that's
0: the part that get, you know, excites us the most. Absolutely. And so we've got we've got representation, a lot of places. And one is in the land of Canada.
3: Ah, yes.
0: Um, Pulse. At Pulse Physiotherapy and mm-hmm. Connor Massimo, who he um, spoke to recently on an adaptive business webinar. Actually, with clinical athlete, Connor's doing some awesome stuff up there. And it was a no brainer for us. He wanted to be involved, and and we wanted him involved, and in, and in just that there their mission and values align with us so closely as well. So it was kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Connor's also, he's been a mentor for us for a level up for
4: literally like four cohorts. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, this is free volunteer work. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to the caliber of person that he is and just like big time giver. And um, again, like pulse, another big insurance driven clinic that's showing us how you can be both profitable sustainable and empowering and really shifting the societal narratives and making a mission around that. And keeping and, uh, a focus
3: on like mentorship.
4: Yeah. Cause now, just... right. Cause now he's had some of his um, physios um, that have gone through level up because of him yeah. are now coming back as mentors. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, can't really speak highly enough about him and what they're doing with Pulse. So another just like super pumped to have them involved.
2: I used to live in the same city as as Connor and his business partner, Adam, in Peterborough. And I, I moved out of there 2017, it would have been. Um, but to this day, if there's anybody in that area who's looking for a referral for an in-person clinic, it's a no-brainer to go to Pulse because for a long time, and to my to my knowledge, uh, there might be one or two exceptions of, of really good professionals who are doing their own thing now. But for a long time, they were the only place that I felt comfortable sending people. You know, or saying, or being assured of the quality of the experience and the narratives that would be provided, um, because it was a crapshoot otherwise. So, yeah, they're doing fantastic things, and I'm I'm really pleased to to see that, um, especially in the insurance based model, showing that, like you said, Zach, it can be done.
0: HQPT up in the northwest, another awesome team sponsoring us represented shout out to uh ryan and curtis and and neville all three of those guys i've known since pretty much the inception of clinical athlete they're ogs as well um and i've been up there they helped they sponsored one of our my weightlifting course and and i've spent some time with them in person neville's come down to southern california because i think he's from here originally or has family down here so i've seen him a couple times and and those guys are so they're so great in in all aspects. They're fun to be around. Um, extremely thoughtful. I love what they do. They're clinicians first, right? Uh, yeah.
4: Well, and they work and like I, I say this a bunch, but like especially like with Ryan, you know, they work with really high level athletes, but there's no silly BS. You know, they're able to, which is really hard to do in that culture. Um, and I just, you know, knowing a bit of Ryan's backstory about how he had it, he had an opportunity to get a really well-paying corporate type of job. Um, but he ended up skipping out of his residency early and that job opportunity to start HQPT and just knowing about his roots and Curtis, who also both went to George Fox university. You know, I know, the caliber of people that they're putting out, um, are really like change agents. Like they're not trying to graduate PTs. They're trying to graduate people that are going to literally make an impact and transform the profession. And, uh, again, this recurring, this motif of leading by example, but that's literally what they're doing and they're creating the change they want to see. So having their support, like you said, they're also all, I know clinical athlete OG is, uh, Neville, I know too. And it's just, it's, It's super meaningful to have them all involved.
3: You talk talk about thoughtful individuals and um, those who care a lot about what they do and the impact they make, like they are, they are it And, and humility too. I mean, they've reached out to us to ask some questions about things that they're thinking about doing with HQ periodically, just like we, you know, like, Zach called Quinn and other people just to like to bounce ideas off of people and see what they think, people that you respect, people that you care about, um, how, how they would think or what they would think about it. And you know that they're going to give you sound, honest, humble advice or, or guidance. And like they, they fall into that for us as well. Um, I, have, I also have another Google sheet of some notes from Ryan after, <laughs> after talking to him and Eric, uh, one of their strength coaches um, when I was, when I was trying to reach out to strength coaches. So I, I, and, you know, this is the same guy that we talked about that is flying back and forth to work with, you know, elite level athletes. And he took time, he took 40 to 60 minutes of his time to sit down with his head strength coach and me to like teach me some stuff about strength and conditioning. And I, I knew right then that, uh, he was a human that I was glad was, in my life and uh, will continue to be so.
0: And then bring it home. <laughs> we've got two, our last two sponsors are, are related. Yeah. They're like siblings. Uh, Healthy Baller Physical Therapy with Teddy Wilsey and Wes. And I'm not sure if they have, um, if they have other, other, PTs source subjects
4: right now. Oh, okay. They did, but Alyssa is actually moving out Midwest, so I know they had sad goodbyes. She's oh. she's awesome. Um, but yeah. So Teddy and West now as the
0: main two PTs there, and so that's where Wes got his start and and where he's learned. You know, became the clinician he's become. Teddy, I connected with him in 2016 via a clinical athlete. I know you know right from the jump he was, he was on the same mission, you know, and if you follow Teddy, you know, that's true. Um, and then he has, Teddy has linked up with our mutual friend, Sam Spinelli, um, to partner and create citizen athletics, which is our last sponsor. So it's kind of that, that circle there. And I've known Sam for a while as well, um, as a student, starting as a student up in the Northeast Boston, yeah, Boston. Yep. yep, and uh got, talk about thoughtful and and yeah sharp uh sam Sam embodies that and uh really enjoy interacting with him and and consider him a friend so yeah we're yeah we're honored to have a healthy baller in citizen athletics to sponsor the Kalu summit yeah my I think the thing that
4: I, they're they're both examples of just like. I don't understand how they put out so much incredible content, like the volume and the quality, but like knowing Teddy when he had like 2000 followers on Instagram and to see and connecting with him and to see what, how he's been on that same mission, but been able to grow his account and the both of them with really big accounts in particular, but how they're able to actually deliver nuanced evidence informed practical information while still growing a following, again, great role models of how it can be done. Like you don't need to sell clickbait and nocebic garbage to grow a massive Instagram account. Like they're
3: still themselves, right? Teddy's Teddy, right. Sam Sam, they're the same. <laughs> and I, I, that's an awesome thing because sometimes that doesn't always stay that way as things change on social media.
0: So it all ended as a fairy tale and. We did our. Oh wait, there was a curveball. A
3: little bit. And big one too.
0: <laughs> twenty 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 was the curveball. <laughs> All of twenty twenty
1: with murder hornets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so obviously, with obviously with 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 what's going on with the pandemic, um, you know, if you if you paid attention to our timeline, we didn't know that this was going to happen. So we had everything planned, and. We had launch sales. Yeah, we had sold quite a few tickets. We had um, we had sold under uh, over a hundred spots, and this was kind of early first quarter of 2020. And then the pandemics.
4: This was like six months of busting our ass trying to get this thing together. A super successful launch. We were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Sitting
3: pretty, all getting <laughs> all excited.
0: And then, hours of work. Yeah. Well, and then we just start seeing. We were kind of, okay, you know, the the quarantine starts, the bad things start to happen, and we're just waiting. We don't make any changes, and we're just kind of waiting. And it's like, okay, well, we'll just wait and see. We'll wait and see. We're meeting every week. We'll wait and see. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And reality starts setting in to where, okay, something is going to have to change. So, like, what are our options? Do we continue to wait and see and just... (laughs) Play the silent game, and that didn't seem, you know, it, it just, that that wasn't realistic. We knew something needs to change. Um, do we just stop selling tickets and space a hundred people six feet apart in Boston and wear masks? Uh, that didn't seem viable. Um, so, what was what was the pivot? What did we do?
3: We yeah, we did originally just kind of be like, oh, we might just have to push this to the spring, and then the more we're learning about it, we're like, well, I don't know if spring's going to be in the clear either, or right. if people are going to be comfortable, or if people are going to be able to f- afford it after career changes, layoffs, furloughs, whatever. So, mm-hmm. then we just got really sad for a little while. <laughs> um,
1: really, really sad. Yeah. So sad. Like, but
3: I would say it was probably Frank, right? Well, yeah.
1: per. Per sentence epic count went
3: down (laughs) substantially. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Plummeted.
3: Well, I mean, and again, other online summits, too.
4: But it was also putting things in perspective, right? Because this is obviously a really, really challenging time, and for us, like, we were all in real, like, as much as it sucked we were all in really lucky positions where we were at in our life, where there's obviously being sensitive to the fact that there is a whole lot of people that are being messed up by COVID and its implications way worse than we were. So I think that was also part of the challenge was navigating that, you know, this, this is just such a sensitive time and being thoughtful to those things. And so I know, like for us, me and Quinn, I remember Quinn and I spoke on the phone when we were kind of like, well, we could, you know, we can just wait another year and just do it live in September. We can try and push it to February, but then it might not happen. It might not happen. Like there was people starting to push virtual things, but it felt too soon. Like it felt like people were still grieving so much with everything that it just felt like, I don't know that that feels right. Um, But, you know, we did so I, you know, I had a, I happened to have a little like mentoring session with Frank Benedetto and he was like, yeah, like I'm going to this. I had this conference I paid for a while ago that I was supposed to be going to that it's all, it's all live all weekend and I'm pumped and I'm really looking forward to it. And, and then I was like, Oh, I was yeah. like, wait, like but people we were
3: making dinner one night and we we're both looking he, yeah. at each other. And I'm like,
4: wait, people, can yeah. can do that? people can and get like, excited like, about like an online like, like is learning. There,
3: is. Yeah. And I I remember saying like, if we can still make it feel like people are there together, then let's freaking do it.
4: (laughs) Well, and I think it was a matter of, right. It's like, it comes back to what is our mission. Our mission is to make an impact. Our mission is to elevate the standard of our profession and waiting around a whole nother year just to do this didn't feel right because it's like, you're literally taking a whole calendar year where we can, we can make an impact. And so realizing that like technology is effing crazy and there's more than enough tools to make it happen. We
0: were any
3: two groups could make it still have that close, authentic, almost, you know, lab breakout feel like, it would be
0: us. So, well, yeah, that's what it was, too. Because if, if we had just designed this as your everyday weekend course, it would have been really easy. Yeah, let's just do it online. It doesn't matter. But it was that, it was that networking feel and that, that intimate feel and that unique model that we had created that we didn't think that we could recreate
4: virtually. Well, and I think to give people context too, I don't think we necessarily describe that. So like the original structure, which we were able to duplicate, spoiler alert for the virtual um, version, but it was meant to be this like 20 to 30 minute lecture and then intermittent breakouts where you're getting a case study and now you're getting into groups of like five to six and you're working through some of these prompts for critical thinking and on the spot communication skills. And so, yeah, that was a huge bummer that, we felt like, how are we going to pull that off? But it really was like, we made a really corny video, um, which maybe we'll do as a, uh, like a, we'll have to an extra it. feature if anyone's curious about watching it. Cause that's actually probably, that's like, no, this is Quinn's big break. When people see this, <laughs> Quinn's acting and it was amazing. But, you know, really you know, like what we do with Level Up is small group breakouts you know, and clinical athlete does that with the journal clubs and the office hours. And we were like, what the hell? Like we could, we can do this. Like, I think the thing that was the scariest was the looming feeling like we had just climbed a mountain to launch Kalu. And then being like, oh my God, like the thought of taking on a pivot to do this all online was just like, I think a lot to process. I think that's what personally dealt yeah, with a was. lot of our apprehension was just like, Holy shit. The sheer amount of work that's going to need to go into like reworking this and doing it virtually was like, I was like, Oh, I'm not, I don't know that I'm recovered yet to do that.
3: Yeah. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the <laughs> summit. It was the halfway
0: point. <laughs> we did it anyway.
3: Yeah, we did.
1: It attacked it.
0: Well, it wasn't, we felt like we were going to be starting over climbing an entirely new mountain or like we fell off the mountain and we have to climb back up a different one but it really wasn't it was we had momentum right and we had people and we had people excited about it and we just had to get over our thought that they wouldn't be as excited if it was virtual but then we thought well like they're probably assuming it's going to be completely canceled so like they're going to be hyped when we've found out a new solution right and that's turned out to be the case so Surprise! College oh summits virtual, yeah.
4: Well, and I think the other cool thing too is it allowed us to lower the price point. It allowed us to make it way more accessible for so many more people that wouldn't be able to make the trip
3: outside of the U.S.
4: And so it's on that point too. It's a huge opportunity to affect more change, which is again like what it's all about. And so it's uh, you know it's it's a good lesson in kind of rolling with the uh, rolling with the curveballs of life and uh doing what you can to move forward
3: dare we say it was maybe even meant to be
2: there you go oh boy, There it is. well and going back to the team aspect um my classmate cash Maddy, i know he's helped you guys out a time with level up he's been instrumental as far as leveraging technologies and finding solutions to pull this thing off um for anybody who doesn't know cash he's just a hustler in everything like Steph, to one of our meetings, I think it was you Mm -hmm. or, or you, Zach, one of you two had said that Cash had a lifetime membership to this like this particular subscription, like the big platform. I'm like, of course, cash does. If there's someone who has a lifetime subscription to a really useful yeah. technological service, it's going to be cash. And he's going to, yeah, he has them to everything. It's That's like a super Cash's,
3: Cash's middle name is like lifetime. Born, or lifetime born.
2: <laughs> and anybody who's not familiar with cash, you can check him out on Instagram physio night out. He runs a, yes. well, I don't know when the last event was, but he runs a really awesome free, event in in Toronto where he brings out different speakers and it's it's physio night out, but anybody and everyone is welcome, especially in the health professions.
4: Well, again, and just quick plug, you know, and why we love cash is, you know, he's also been a mentor for level up for two cohorts and he runs this free service for physio night out. Like dude is just passionate about giving back and investing in the next generation. And, uh, again, these are the, these are the values that really connect me with people and, uh, and us and, Just so happy to have him along, and he was super helpful in like bringing that voice of reassurance because, like, that's the thing is like, me and technology, I would have froze and it probably would not have happened. But knowing that we have our whole team and our whole resources and our pooled motivation, like, there was definitely some meetings there where I know that I was a cranky son of a bitch, (laughs) but um. But once we started rolling the, with the momentum again, like it definitely picked back up some steam and it was cool to see it all come together part two.
0: And grateful that the presenters and the sponsors and everybody was able to pivot with us, yeah. right. you know, like it, it really turned out about as well as it could have, but I think it's because we, we've all we picked the right people.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely
4: that's the value of authentic networking. And I think that's probably one of the, if I had to plug this event, I think that's probably one of the most hidden but tremendous value of something like this and getting involved with platforms like Level Up and Clinical Athlete is just the caliber of people you meet. Those are the people that you end up connecting with and building. And like, that's literally what this is. Like Kalu is the like product of, you know, five plus years of authentic networking and relationship building and genuine interest in paying it forward. And now we are able to do this event and inspire the next generation of game changers to do exactly that. And so just the people that you'll meet, I mean, it's just insane. You guys are familiar on the clinical athlete side, but the people we have going through the Level Up mentorship, there's overlap for sure. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling just mm-hmm. the caliber of of people that are involved in these communities, it's like the most invigorating thing.
3: Yeah.
0: Boom. Oh shit, this wasn't recording. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry. <pivot. laughs> do it again.
0: What do you guys think? So,
4: yeah, I mean for those that have managed to listen this far into the episode, mm-hmm. the six
0: listeners. Um, it's uh, do we get, do we add like your listenership? So with twelve, ooh, yeah, it's yeah, a, oh. so. that counts. It's highest listener count ever. <laughs> or um, do we multiply or add? I don't know. We'll PEMDAS,
4: PEMDAS, PEMDAS, Quinn. PEMDAS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exponent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for people that are interested, um, if you haven't. If you haven't pulled the plug yet um, on, on getting a ticket, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome event. We've put so much blood, sweat and tears into this. The speakers are stacked. The sponsors are stacked. The amount of people coming together for this, I think speaks to the caliber of the event um, and it's, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity. And we have student rates. We have the general admission, which we feel are both extremely reasonable. And we also have payment plans if money is tight. Um, so we hope if you're on the fence that you'll consider it. And you know that we're any, any one of us is around for questions. Um, there will be replays um, available for two months if you can't make it that weekend. Because I know there's some people that have reached out asking the that they might not be able to make it. So there will be replays available for two months. Um, got a
0: pretty sweet bonus too, don't we?
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. I actually genuinely didn't even think of that. That sounds oh. super, that this does sound super staged, but I swear it wasn't. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah. <man. laughs>
0: yeah. What's the bonus? Well, we got Scott Morrison... Uh, to contribute to this thing, which is, mm, yeah. you know, because like, like you said in the very, very beginning of this, we, we were first going to have this thing in Boston. So we were like, okay, well, East Coast presenters. And then when we do this thing on the West Coast, like Scott Morrison would be somebody who's on the top of our list to want to be a presenter, right? But we we're like, okay, this is online now. So you don't have to fly Scott out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But we've already got the whole event and the speaker list set. So, but it would be awesome if he provided, you know, something and and, and people were able to be exposed to Scott Morrison and physiopraxis and everything that he brings to the table. Cause when it comes to just appraising science and the brass tacks of exercise prescription, and then the, the ambiguity of managing uncertainty, Scott Morrison is, is the guy. And um, man, I'm, I'm so, I, I connected through Scott. I connected with Scott through Jason Yore actually. And so <laughs> I'm so happy that I did. Cause I've learned so much from him. And so Scott's going to give a bonus lecture. He's going to do his uncertainty, managing uncertainty lecture from his slop loading course, which is like one of the best it's, it's an awesome lecture. And one of my favorite, not just of his course, cause I've taken his course, but just all time. Right. That's like
4: when he came and did Slapdimal in Boston, seeing that course on the like syllabus for the day or the itinerary, I was like, damn, like that yeah. critical thinking and uncertainty, like when you start a course off with that, you know, it's going to be good. And so I think it sets the tone for Kalu where setting off this weekend event with, a, with this amazing bonus lecture on critical thinking and uncertainty from, you know, one of the GOATs you know, you talk about people to role model your practice after Scott is one of those guys, and just super, also super humble. Like, just uh, yeah, that's yeah. So, so excited about that. I
3: can't believe we forgot about that.
4: Sorry, Scott. I didn't forget. <laughs>
0: Quinn would never. Forget. He's, on never. Oh. he's on a two month. He's on a two month fishing hiatus. <laughs> I know he's living the. He's he's, he's got an amazing.
3: He <laughs> does. He does recommend to PTS do. Do some things and read some things outside of PT. He's right,
0: smart. Well, it still applies. It'll you'll still find it that it applies somehow.
3: Some overlap, you yeah.
0: Know? Right. Well, there it is, folks. <laughs> how could you not? How could you not want to be part of the fun? I'm I'm super excited just to speak for myself for a second. Super grateful for everybody on this call and, and the rest of the team. Um, this has been a lot of fun, and I've learned a ton, but I'm just really excited for not just this event, but anything that we do in the future. So I just want to thank you guys for for no. allowing me to be a part of it and, and allowing the clinical athlete team to be a part of it. And uh, I'm, it, it's awesome. Likewise, man. Likewise, you just reminded me too. Massive,
4: massive shout out to both Cedric on our end on the level up team and Derek Sawyer on your end, really kind of like the the true business and tech side as well um, Man, they bring so much to the table and they're behind the scenes, but
3: yeah <laughs> their insights and guidance not being as you know as much on the clinical side um where our heads are mostly at is. A huge, um, right? A huge advantage as as far as having a diverse team for sure. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: yeah, there there was a moment during the pandemic when it all started, and we started to get back together with meetings. That if it wasn't for Cedric's mustache. This would have all fallen through. I'm just gonna say, Cedric's, Cedric's mustache phase was definitely a catalyst it that brought game. us together and united <laughs> under that that one strip it, of facial hair.
3: It did. It, it did hold power, I believe. It did. I came to see it, how
1: long he was gonna keep it. It's like it. it <laughs> Next week we got another meeting. Next week Cedric Cedric's gonna have it still, and then the one time once we finally got everything off the ground and he
2: shaved it, I almost
1: didn't notice because I was so excited about the conference. <laughs> there it
2: is. How Cedric saved Calu.
3: a <laughs> children's book.
1: Oh man, that was the Publish best part. It. We were like, are we really? Are we gonna name it that? Because. Steph and I were like, "That's like the Nickelodeon show, the Caillou." <laughs> and everybody's like, "Caillou, what's that? It's a like Nickelodeon show."
2: Whiny, that's you, right. That's right. is and nephews. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought them up, Zach, because people don't know. But uh, so I'm a co-owner of Clinical Athlete. Derek Sawyer is the other co-owner. He's not a clinician, and so I'm the kind of the outward-facing whatever. And you know, nobody sees Derek, but I guarantee you that Clinical Athlete wouldn't be in existence. Wouldn't continue to be in existence right now without him, dude. And, I've seen it firsthand. You know what he brings
4: to the table. Whew! It's he uh, gets shit
0: done.
1: He's I hilarious too.
0: He's
1: yeah. also yeah. He's Great. A I see of you, him. Derek.
0: So he's he was a professional fighter, mixed martial artist. He was a, a national champion, collegiate wrestler, pro fighter, and now he's a professional comedian and <laughs> <laughs> businessman. Like he might actual, be the most interesting man in the world,
3: <laughs> and, and he sponsors Tang.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, be on Facebook. For unsweet tang. Unsweetened tang. <laughs> <laughs> the squirty version. Oh,
3: my God. And everyone's going to be like, this is crazy.
4: But I mean, yeah, we really, we've, I think we've pretty much met once a week, almost for like the past year
0: with you guys. And it's... Uh... Derek and I were actually talking about that piece of it, uh, like yesterday, is the meeting. So I've been in a lot of meetings and I've been in a lot of like worthless Waste of time meetings and our meetings are not that like that, that meeting once a week kind of rule that we put down was the best thing that we did.
3: Yeah. Like we
0: never got off track. Once that started, it was like everything moved forward and it continued to move forward. Yeah. it's just fun. It's
4: been, it's been a blast. So yeah, super excited for this tears, Calu, but also really excited for the future and, uh, future collaborations. I think it's been cool to see what we can accomplish uh, together and we'll keep it moving forward.
1: Awesome. Well, there it is. <laughs> this is going to be the most unique experience you will have in your clinical education. Be there.
0: Period. Boom. Um. I thought you were going to reference how we're actually going to get off this call. <laughs> but. <laughs>
3: I think we've been trying.
0: I'm just, both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna end the meeting. I'm just gonna drop the call. No, this was great. This was awesome. We we were wondering how this this was gonna go. We wanted it to be as authentic as possible. I think it was.
3: I actually didn't know we I, were recording until about 10 minutes in.
0: I, I think yeah, also. I think. I think
4: it's been like cathartic for for us as well. Like because we've literally just had our heads down working on this for the past year, and we haven't really like done anything like this. So it's been kind of fun just to reflect on the process and uh, yeah. be you know, gearing up to it. I see the countdown on, hey, somewhere. I'm like, oh, my God, 50 days away, throw up in my mouth because I'm
1: so <laughs> nervous, wait. but also excited. But I'm like, must, holy hell, man. it's I must in my mouth when Quinn said squirty tang <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> squirty tang. <laughs> Squirt, it's a, you know, it's tang, but it's the squirty version. I can't <laughs> believe you said that out loud. <laughs>
2: like, no, make understand.
1: it stop. Make it stop. All
0: right, on that note. Uh <laughs> well thanks guys so if anybody all the people listening to this you can just go to the show notes and and click the link and get all the details and if you have questions you can shoot an email to either clinical athlete or level up and um we will work out whatever whatever questions that you guys have team thanks so much i will talk to you all very soon yes uh, on our next Cali meeting (laughs) see you wednesday all right thanks everyone bye guys peace see you Well, that's that. We really hoped you enjoyed this one as much as we did. I want to personally thank John Flagg, Jared Maynard, Steph Allen, Zach Gabor, Derek Sawyer, and Cedric Haddad as this event would not be possible without such an all-star team. Thank you to our amazing presenters and sponsors for making this possible as well. Remember, check out the show notes to find the link to the Kalu Summit and learn more there. The event is coming up soon, so go check it out. Thank you, everyone. And talk to you soon.